And we're back, folks. Welcome to another edition of Basic Binges on the Nom Talk Network. I'm your host, Mike Manalo. And today uh, we are going to uh, do our annual or no not annual weekly uh, recap of Mando. Um, apologies, because last week we had a couple of setbacks, conflicts, as it were. I actually was at a Mando Paley Fest event, if you could believe it. So I, I skipped last week, but for good reason, folks. Um, you know, I it's think all we for can the, give you that excuse. <laughs> right? It's all for the way. It's it's this is the way. Yes. So yeah. This is the way. Um, he so that spoken. means good news, bad news. Bad news is you guys missed, uh, you know, we didn't have a show last week. Good news is we're doubling up on the episodes this week, guys. We're here to talk about two, two really uh I'm I'm going to be honest, kind of mixed uh feelings on mm. on what we're going to be talking about today because I, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I loved episode five so much and I detested to a degree uh, episode six, um, but we will definitely get into it. I can't just do this show on my own. Honestly, uh, that is not the Mando way. Uh, we do everything as a clan and I couldn't pick a better clan to do this with than uh, my other co-hosts here uh, for the Mondo, uh, the Mando podcast. So. Uh, without further ado, uh, Julie, would you like to introduce yourself to the people? I'm going to wait till those motorcycles go by. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Hi. Yes, I'm Julie. Um, tonight, I am snacking on... Mike, last time we talked about cake bites, and I've been obsessed with trying to find the other Star Wars cake bites. Yes. And I haven't been able to find them in the stores. So I'm no. sorry to disappoint. I don't have them tonight. I could have okay. ordered them online. I could have ordered them online, but it just didn't, um, it didn't, I didn't get them in time. So I have just cookies, but they're plant-based cookies. They're called Mavericks. They're birthday cake flavored. So they're still cake related. <laughs> I, you know what? That's acceptable. Um, ne- if, if for the next show, you can order the Top Gun Mavericks, that'd be good. Um, the to- but, Ooh, that would be yeah. fun. <laughs> there you, there you are. No, but I'm yeah, kidding. I'm but- on a hunt. I'm going to try to find, track down those other Star Wars ones. I want to try them all now and the Marvel ones too. But, um, and then I have, cause this is like my dinner, but I have a pepperoni pizza bow. It's called a bowza. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And then some mac and cheese. And Ooh. I have uh, to hydrate with um, a Sprecher? Sprecher? It's okay. probably German, and I'm probably not saying that right. Craft sparkling water, which I've never tried before. So um, I have it in this pretty little glass with ice because I forgot to chill it. But anyway, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, that that sounds delicious. Honestly, all of that. Um, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> jealous because all I'm snacking on right now is uh, a pack of fun size Skittles and a Coke Zero. You that's know. not a way to. It's not that's not nutrition. Um, but that being said, it's uh yeah, uh, it sounds amazing. Um, thank you. Um, uh, Alicia, um, it's great to have you on. I know this is the first time that we've had you on the show, and I'm excited. Uh, for everyone watching right now, uh, this is Alicia. Uh, she is a writer and a geek, but this week she's an actress and a martial artist. So uh, <laughs> it's a little inside joke for our group. Um, no, but that being said, uh, sorry about that, Alicia. I couldn't resist. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the people? Uh, hi, yeah. Um, I'm Alicia. I'm in Amsterdam right now. So it's a um, it's a ridiculous time of the morning for me, but I'm glad to be here. And in that vein, I have as my drink, I have uh, coffee because it's 5 a.m., and Kahlua because it's Saturday. So 
That's not just any coffee. That is coffee in an R2D2 <laughs> mug. Yes, French press. It, French it's, press. It's, yeah. it's essentially oil, you know, inside of R2. <laughs> and it's like spewing it up. Now, uh, Alicia, we we love having you. Everyone who's watching right now is so lucky to have your presence because you're you're calling all the way from Amsterdam. So thank you so much. That means everything to us. Um, really appreciate to be that. Here. Yeah. Um, Mike Lee, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Mike Lee. I am not a martial artist or actor, but... <laughs> I'd like to think that I am like a Henry Golding double standing every time he needs it. So I see it. Go. I there see it, go. sir. But um, right now I write for uh, the, That's It LA, The Geeks of Doom, and um, what is that? The Nerds of Color as well. And I have, I'm having coffee. I don't know why I'm having coffee. Um, <laughs> because I, I have a donut. Um, That's why. I yeah. have a donut. So you can't have coffee without donuts. And I have strawberries I'm, too. Yeah. So absolutely. there you go. That sounds amazing. So, Dude, uh, yeah, I I'm excited it. to talk to you guys about five, episodes five and six or chapters, the recent chapters at least. So yeah. I definitely am too. And by the way, um, for those of you who also don't know, Star Wars Celebration is going on right now. Mm. Probably a little bit closer. I feel to... remiss if we didn't at least address what's going yeah. on. There's a so little, much a big bit, day. A little bit. Right? It's it's uh, huge. We got so much to talk about. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Julie. I was cutting you off. Or was that Alicia? Sorry. Oh, I just said it's a big day for Star Wars fans. Yeah. It, it really is. Like Alicia, it's closer to you than it is to us, basically, at this point, right? Like, <laughs> I, I know. I'm I'm kicking myself that I'm not there. I'm having total FOMO seeing all of the uh panel, like people live tweeting and everything. Well, uh, you know what? Our clan is right there with you. None of us went, and we're all jealous too. So you know, everyone... I went last year because it was in Anaheim, but I just yeah. I couldn't spring for London right now. I'm like, mm. yeah, maybe someday. I mean, <laughs> for those watching the chat, we're podcasters, so that means we we can't afford London. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, he, he, even if it's nearby, so we're living <laughs> on that budget. <laughs> Um, so good news, bad news, of course, for Mando, right? I mean, like one, I, I wasn't too happy with the sixth episode. We'll definitely dive into that. But from what I'm hearing, the seventh episode screened in, uh, mm -hmm. at Star Wars Celebration mm -hmm. and people are saying it's, it's amazing. So that gives us something to look forward to and something to talk about and break down next week. I can't wait for that. Um, but also seeing as how we're addressing everything, um, they announced today that, Three movies are happening, one of which is directed by Dave Filoni, and that movie is going to be our Mandalorian crossover, everyone. It's going to tie all the threads together about the New Republic that we're seeing now. So at some point, we're going to see Jack Black on the big screen in, you know, like full Star Wars gear. Uh, Lizzo, hopefully. too. Come on. Yeah, and I'm Lizzo as well. Can't forget Lizzo. Yeah, we can't, we can't forget Lizzo. Maybe not Doc Brown. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah. Um, but that being said, yeah, we're getting a Mando movie and that's really exciting. So I think mm -hmm. um, everything that we're seeing this season, everything that has built up to this season, even Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka coming up, I think it's all going to lead into this Skeleton key. huge, huge, yeah. huge. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Skeleton key. Skeleton, yeah, skeleton, skeleton crew. That's right, that's right. Skeleton crew, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, I, you know, I mean, like, not that I endorse this. I did see leak footage because <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, and, and it's got a very Amblin feel to it. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do with that. And the, the director lineup is stacked for that one, by the way. Um, you know, but yeah. Any any mm -hmm. thoughts on the news that came out today? Like all of this news? 
I'm I'm most excited about the uh, Dawn of the Jedi era that they've added to the timeline. Yeah. Heck yeah, heck yeah. James Mangold behind the new that Ray too, movie. So. If that's yeah, like that looks. I'm I'm really stoked for that. I want to see it's her nice. lead some Jedi. It's nice to see Daisy Ridley coming back, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Every single time the Jedi come up, the Sith also come up because you can't have one without the other. Maybe you should just end it all. Like, <laughs> I, I feel that's the lesson she's going to learn at the end of that movie. She's going to be like, F it. We no longer need to do this, guys. Screw it all. Screw it all. You know? Well, I mean, oh, I, I, just make friends, I, I, just handshake, maybe. <laughs> I mean, but a lot of the handshake. A lot of, a lot of the late recent storytelling, though, has been about these like, characters like Ahsoka and Grogu who say no to the Jedi bullshit and you know that's maybe what we're gonna see hopefully right (laughs) I mean everyone on here is kind of in agreement about the fact that like the Jedi way sucks right like it's it's all self-righteous hypocrisy bs Mm -hmm. right well which is why Ahsoka left like Mm -hmm. like Elisa was saying Mm-hmm. Any any religion that tells you to eschew personal relationships is uh, problematic in my book. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I mean oh. that's the whole issue. I think that I would have with it is just that it, essentially it is an organized religion. Like I don't <laughs> want to get into that conversation, but that's kind of like. But like I do see the benefits of the Jedi stuff too. But yes, no, they definitely have some very shady. Uh, things going on even though i like i want to love them and like root for them because you know they are doing like what they think is right and and most of the time it is not always (laughs) but (laughs) absolutely and and you know i mean it's kind of funny because i feel like star wars is one of those franchises where really that religion is at its core hypocrisy and religion is at its core but faith as well that's really the pros and cons of it yeah i think it mirrors I think it's trying to mirror some stuff in real life, you know? Yep. And and Mando does a great job of really carrying on those motifs as well. Um, which, uh, speaking of overzealous blind faith, um, <laughs> let's get into The Mandalorian. And, um, yeah, no, episode five, uh, The Pirate, right? Um, I love this episode, guys. I think we start mm. out um, with Navarro. We're, we're really going back into those those ties that we set up at that first episode uh, with the space pirates, with all of that stuff, um, you know, and, and grief Carter gets hailed by swamp thing. Basically. I forgot the, the, the captain's name. Oh, Anyone jump in? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to call him swamp thing until <laughs> Swamp Thing. he looks like swamp thing. Um, he does. He does. To be fair. He does. I'm shunned. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, but, he gets hailed by him, and uh, essentially, um, all of this stuff ends up happening where, um, sorry, Grief Karga is getting fired at, he's got to evacuate the city, and he's got no other option but to to call in a favor to um, our favorite uh, New Republic um, uh, X-Wing pilot, his name is escaping me, the guy from, Paul from... <laughs> Kim's convenience. Um, God damn it! Oh, yeah. oh Tava, Tava. Yeah, Tava, Tava. Sorry, guys. I'm blanking today. It's been a long <laughs> week. Please forgive me. I don't know why I'm hosting this, but Tava. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he calls in Tava, gets the message. Carson Tava. Carson Tava. Yes, there perfect. Go. Um, goes to a bar where Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa, and uh, um, uh, sorry, um, 
God, uh, her name is also Deborah Chow. Are like drinking and basically. someone else too. And and yeah, oh, he, I totally missed that. Oh yeah, no, I totally missed that. They're sitting oh, to his God. right, but then somebody else comes to his left, and it is the greatest <laughs> crowd pleasing moment for every Rebels fan ever. Just seeing our favorite uh, Zeb, you know, all it, Steve Blum and Zeb coming. And it connects coming to in. what's going on too with with mm-hmm. what happened in Star Wars celebrations with the yep. confirmation of uh, Ahsoka. Yeah, the the return oh. of the Rebels crew, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, our he, you know Zeb the cranky man is back, and we love him to death. Uh, it's so great for us. Oh, and Q Ball redeemed hydrate. So, uh, thank you for that, Q Ball. Mm. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, and and you know we we kind of get into this like oh the new republic's not going to do anything about navarro you know uh zeb tells uh carson teva and carson teva's like well we still gotta try something anyways um so then he goes he goes there i'm gonna pause there i want to see what everybody thought about zeb and their reactions when they first saw him uh round table uh somebody go but before we do as well um cue ball uh one of our loyal listeners redeemed your so punny for 300 and Alicia, since you're new, he has decided to pick on you. <laughs> and as part of this, uh, you're so punny. You just have to do a little right. bit of a pun. Um, yeah, for it's, for <laughs> while, while you're hatching into it. Sorry. Uh, all right, I've got it. I've got it ready. Um, so it's, what what did Din say to Grogu the first time he put him on a scale? What? What is that? This is what? the way. This is uh, the way. This is the way. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well done. That's that's nice. How was the initiation, by the way? You're you're good now. You're in officially because of that. Um, no, that was great. Um, but yeah, opening up the floor. What do we think of Zeb? I screamed. (laughs) I was like, that voice. Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um. As I've told you in the past, I've not watched the Clone Wars, so I wasn't familiar with the character before. But yeah, I thought he was great. Like, I'm just always excited when more new characters are introduced and they're like seem to be likable. And and then yeah, it's cool to learn that they have like a whole history with the franchise and stuff. So yeah, like honestly, it's it's really it's a great it's a great example of how to do a cameo, in my opinion. Not only were the effects great, but it's small enough that no one's going to be, you know, like, oh, you know, this is not a critical part of the show. If you recognize mm-hmm. him, great. If you don't recognize him, that's fine, too. The show can mm-hmm. continue. It doesn't distract you. We're going to talk about bad examples of cameos later on. But um, this is a good example of a cameo. I disagree. You know? Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, we'll de- we're definitely going to get into it, Alicia. <laughs> but... Um, I thought the Zeb cameo was perfect, um, you know, for I, I wasn't sure if it was Zeb specifically or if it was another Lissat, um, you know, character, um, even with Steve Blum's voice. But then at the end credits, it confirmed that it was Zeb. And I was like, yeah, oh, my God, Rebels is coming back, guys. Um, Julie, we we definitely beg you and implore you. You got to watch Rebels. It's it's good. I know. Stuff. I, I know. I yes. Rebels. Yeah. Got it. Pilot it's episode is worth the watch. Trust me. Returning to Navarro, what did you guys think? Did you guys, were you guys like, oh, good, we're finally getting resolution to this? Or were you guys like, ah, why are we here again? I, I, I was more of the latter. It's like, ah. why are we here again? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. 
Michael, I, by the, oh, go ahead, Alicia. Sorry. No, it's a, I've been happy all season, and uh, I've also loved these last two episodes. But we'll get into the details. We'll definitely <laughs> get into the details. Michael, um, as someone who was like, "Why are we here again?" Did the the rest of the episode end up justifying the reason to be there for you? Yeah, actually, just it it closed out kind of that whole storyline. Uh, well, not the whole storyline, but that kind of reasoning to be there and revisiting it's like okay that makes sense you know they're they're hanging around and then they want to you know take take back the planet i guess or take back the city while they can and um Nevada, what is that grief is looking for some help to you know out the pirates so yeah it, it, made, it made sense at the, but it's like we had to go back again and then okay we're back so it makes sense yeah got it julie what about you navarro any thoughts um i mean i didn't mind it like i wasn't like i'm, I'm kind of neutral about it but i was like but i i love grace cargo like i just love carl weathers as an actor so um it's just been super fun to see him in that role in general in this whole series because it's so different from some of the other things i've seen him play but um um but like uh I think that it was necessary though because it showed like what was kind of what's kind of going on with the, between the new republic and like the outer rim yeah. planets where mm -hmm. they're kind of just being shoved off to the side and like I think that's important and like how also they're like swamped with all this stuff but yeah like like the the outer rim planets are just kind of like okay you're you're over there you kind of you're self-governed you can figure it out you know like they're not really aiding them uh, you know and so um, that dynamic, I think, was important and interesting to see. So I like that part of it, too. I agree. Any follow-up thoughts from anyone? Um, just, I, I think one thing I've been hearing a lot with the last two episodes is people complaining it's not moving the story forward. And for me, I kind of disagree more because I think we've absolutely seen that you know obviously the thrust of the season is taking back Man mandalore and these <laughs> last two episodes have really lined that up for you know i'm sure the last two episodes of the season are going to be absolute bangers that's what i'm hoping for as well um and and granted i'm i'm in the same boat as you alicia for the most part i've loved this season with the exception of maybe i didn't care for the third episode that much and i didn't care for the sixth episode that much and I realized in a short season, it sounds like I don't care for the season because of those. But for the most part, I've been happy with the story of really building up uh, to the unification of Mandalore and the taking it back. Um, but also, you know, Bo-Katan, a person who questions her faith, finding her faith again, you know, kind of countering the idea of Din sort of questioning his faith these past couple of years as well. Um, so I, I really have been liking this season, what it's been doing for the Mandalorian lore. Um, so I agree with you on that one as, as well. And, but um, and yeah. just to point out something in the chat, uh, Otaku Gakuto says bloated, disregarding and essentially ineffectual our new Republic. And I think that that's also what we're it's, it's this is like a series about bureaucracy, which doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> but but it is like especially for Andor fans, you know, that spycraft yes. stuff. We're seeing the rise of the First Order and why there was room for it to rise. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. The other thing that I kind of love is that Star Wars in and of itself, in addition to being about religion, is is also about hypocrisy, you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. And and I think we're seeing that here with the New Republic very much so, um, you know, when when Carson Tiva takes this to Tim Meadows, I'm going to call him Tim Meadows, um, <laughs> Tim Meadows, 
And Tim Meadows says, I'm going to keep you here all day. And somebody tells him he's only going to be able to keep him there till four. And he's like, I will keep you here till four. Wait, no. Um, sorry, wrong movie. That's Mean Girls. Um, but Tim Meadows <laughs> is there. And and at the very minimum, um, he's ineffective. And it doesn't help that Aliyah Kane, who we at this point pretty much know that she's still working for Moff Gideon in some way, shape or form is kind of inserting herself and pivoting. Oh, you know, that's kind of crazy talk. We're not going to help these independent planets and everything like that. Um, that hypocrisy is so much more highlighted here. You know, um, these are people that are, you know, anti the imperialists, anti, you know, the emperor and all that stuff. But they're also pretty much like if you're not aligned with our way of thinking, if you're an independent, then we're not going to help you. That's essentially that's essentially hypocrisy, you know, um, and I'm yeah, it's 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 very I love that Mando is questioning that because when we're watching the original Star Wars, we don't question the rebels. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking right. here. Um, uh, opening up to any thoughts, questions. 100 percent. I was going to I was going to uh, kind of piggyback of what Alicia was saying earlier about how people um, don't think that it adds to the storyline or whatever. And I'm like, you do realize that Mandalorian from like season one has literally been all like side quests, right? Like it's yeah. a show of side quests. Now, granted, like, you know, usually the side quests are contributing in some way, but like, I don't know. I just, you know, Star Wars fans hard to please. We've talked about that before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think people are getting a little bit, you know, they 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 are just getting harder to please audiences. Um, mm -hmm. just in my opinion, so even if you put out something that is is more or less pretty good, there'll always be complaints. You know, I, I think it's the flood of content and just general dissatisfaction in the world right now. <laughs> and TikTok. Well, yeah, I blame TikTok. <laughs> always blame tiktok <laughs> um but yeah so we're moving forward um you know carson tiva obviously is not going to get any help in the new republic goes to mandalore uh well where the, the base camp that the mandalorians have set up um din um you know uh bo and the the rest of paz Vizla, everybody they're pretty much like get the f out of here we don't want you here blue now we got to relocate thanks a lot and, you know, um, Carson Tiva's like, hey, you know, just wanted to let you know your friend's going to die if you don't do anything. And um, Carson Tiva's also kind of like, hey, you know, I let you off the hook before. Mando's like, yeah, I guess it's true. Um, so Mando gives an impassioned speech about, you know, how this intervening could actually be good, beneficial for Mandalore in general. It, it would allow their kids to, I think the quote was, to actually play in the sunlight, you know, instead of hiding in the shadows mm -hmm. like they have been for years. Mm -hmm. And then Paz Vizla stands up and you think that he's going to disagree. But Paz Vizla ends up going like, no, we're doing this because this is the way. This is the way that man of the Mandalores. And we're like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we get these amazing shots of them going back to Navarro, jumping out of the plane, all of that stuff. I'm going to stop there. What did you guys think of all of this, of of? Everything in the cave of Carson, uh, Tiva, you know, visiting these guys, um, Paz Vizla, you know, all of that. Um, thoughts? Well, I mean, the R5 being a spy in there and yet another reference to him being in the rebellion is was everything for me. So that was pretty cool. The, you know, the leaky droid from the first Star Wars movie is having his glow up. It's been a good year for him, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Julia Mike? 
Yeah. Um, well, well yeah, I mean, I ahead. loved all of that. Oh, sorry. What? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I loved all of that, that all the sequences. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I love seeing the Mandalorians in action. Honestly, that's become one of my, I think, favorite things in the show because they're just like so good at what they do are they invincible no but they have good strategy and they i mean that beskar armor like you know it's it's pretty good so like um, they're essentially bulletproof right yeah <laughs> pretty much so like you know it's pretty cool to seeing them like basically kick butt like you know and and just you know like i said they're well executed plans like i feel like there's other groups in the Star Wars universe that could have benefited from the Mandalorian's well-executed plans, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I enjoyed all of that sequence, like the fighting, the jetpacks, the, you know, um, it's like, even when like you think they're going to get defeated, they're still like, now nah, we got this. Like, we get, like bring in team B, you know, team B is back there, you know, got the armorer, like with the hammer, like, yeah, you know, so. There's honestly nothing more breathtaking than seeing, you know, Bo-Katan's ship just hovering over a place and then these mm -hmm. these Mandalorians mm -hmm. just like, you yeah, know, dropping. And I'm like, oh, so cool. So cool. Love it. Uh, Mike, you were going to say something, too. I was going to say uh, that this is pretty much what I've been kind of waiting for, because we've seen this kind of build up yeah. um, in terms of um, seeing the Mandalorians kind of isolated and, you know, what was that, exiled of sorts. And now... They've been repeatedly exiled to different planets, and now we get to see them kind of have their day in the sun, so to speak, um, because, like they said, this is their chance. Now they can do this. Um, so, they, yeah, this has just been one giant buildup to this to this point. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. It's it's just really cool. Um, the the action sequences, to Julie's point as well, have just been phenomenal. They, they show you, to your point, Michael, they really highlight what those Mandalorians can do and giving them their moment. And just like, I love it. Every single time Din gets into anything, whether he's got a gun, whether he's got a ship, he just never misses. He's freaking John Wick, <laughs> Star Wars John Wick. And I love that. Blasting you know? <laughs> yeah. crap out of Swamp Thing ship and everything like that. Um, getting to see the armor kick ass as well. Like just beating people down with the with their hammer. Like yeah, Thor, yeah. Like, I love that part. People. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like. Uh, were there any particular highlights for you guys for all of the within all the action? I guess. Ooh. I mean, I, would, I think. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say what um, when like what Mike was referencing when they dropped from um, from Bogotan's ship. That was just like you know you rarely get to see them just drop down and the camera follows them and how they. You know, they soften their their landing with the jetpacks and everything. That was pretty cool. It's cool. I think yeah, it's it's what I think Michael said um, that we've been waiting for this basically. I think since we saw all the Mandalorians pop out of like Navarro actually um, underground yes. in the first yeah. season, you know, and and now yeah, now we get to see them really in action with Din in the mix, not being like the damsel in distress. <laughs> Mm -hmm. above ground this time too yeah, not underground. Above ground. That's, that's, that is pretty cool like no it's, droid sacrifices necessary this time it's it's kind of it kind of speaks to that storyline right they're they're underground for the most part yeah. because they're in the shadows and now to michael's point they're time to break out of the shadows so they're invited <laughs> there personally invited there to save the day 
and they're just full exposed fully exposed doing things publicly and i kind of i really like that yeah <laughs> uh, julie what about you i mean i what we were saying about the the armor i kind of i think that was maybe like a highlight for me and just yeah just the really cool shots and action sequences very cool excellent yeah, I, cinematography absolutely it is a gorgeous looking episode for sure mm -hmm. i want to highlight oh i'm sorry go ahead please oh no i was just gonna ask mike what did you think about the paz fizzla uh, fake out oh i thought it was great right yeah. like first off i i i kind of love and and this is something that i've never expressed even though it's been established in season one i i love that favreau is voicing paz vizsla because he voiced pre vizsla in the clone mm -hmm. wars series right. if you ever watched uh clone wars that's kind of how favreau and filoni got together you know for the first time was oh. um favreau was the voice of paz vizsla and the original holder of the dark saber, as far as we know, anyways, in in the storylines that we've been following, um, you know, obviously Tar Vizlo is the originator, but then Paz Vizlo was the character that first really introduced that character that that sword to us, um, and it was Favreau, his voice, and I guess Favreau is such a chill dude and a Star Wars fan that he and Filoni got together and became friends and BFFs, and now you know that spoiler alert, Paz Vizsla ended up dying, right? This is a descendant of his, or sorry, previously. Yeah, and system. then Paz Paz Vizsla is a descendant of his, so it's it's kind of cool to see him voice that. But the fake out yeah. specifically was so great because he's had this contentious relationship with Din Djarin ever since they first met, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and for him to kind of stand up and say why you know why the hell should we do this you know sacrifice all our families for this blue for this town these people that we don't know din's the one with the stakes not us i i i can't say that i blame i would blame him if he sat that out you know i can't mm -hmm. say that i would blame him if he decided not to take arms i wouldn't like it but i wouldn't be able to blame him um but the fact that he he faked out he spun it and he was like because we're mandalorians i was like Fuck yeah! Sorry, F yeah. <laughs> um, got excited. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed um, hearing his fake out. Um, what, what about you? What did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I thought it was super fun. Um, I mean, I, when he first got up, I think everyone, including myself, was like, "Oh God, here we go," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he turned it around. It's like, "Oh wow, we're not going to do this." Okay, all right, let's let's get on board. We're we're raiding, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, I have sure. so many questions about the Vizlas. Like, so many <laughs> questions about the the sword. You know, like, um, how do they pass it on between the people? How did they join the Children of the Watch? So I hope we're yeah. going to get like it's maybe next season or whatever some whole Vizla backstory. Ever since we saw, um, <laughs> you know, uh, what's it called, uh, Moff Gideon cut his way through the, right. the high fighter there's been that gap because the last time that we saw the dark saber it was in bo -Katan's possession you know in rebels and then you time jumped to moff gideon and they still have not answered any of that you know they haven't answered any of that so um i, I i'm very curious about that story as well um for sure um anyone else julia or mike there's nothing I could add, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, it was I, it was cool. Like I think, like they said, like she said, we're we were all just expecting something different, and then it was like, all right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I want to highlight something that Andy, um, <laughs> our good friend on the chat, is is highlighting. Um, and and this is uh, uh, Otakagu uh, Kaito. Alicia pronounced it way better than me. I'm, I just call him Andy because I know him. Um, but Andy wanted to say the strategy and leadership Bo laid down to secure victory. This is the second instance to instill confidence in the armor uh, to the armor in Bo's ability to lead their people. I couldn't agree more. Bo is such an amazing leader and tactician. And we get a feel for that with the dinosaur episode, with the Jurassic World episode. We're getting the feel for that here as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I really love uh, love that. I, I've loved Bo this season. I mean, I've always loved Bo-Katan, but this season she's just like kicking butt. Um, but yeah. yeah. But speaking absolutely. of Bo-Katan Bo and on that instance, I definitely want to open it up actually because that that huge, huge, huge event after the Mandalorians help Navarro secure victory, after they help grieve Karga, and they, they, they're justly rewarded a gigantic plot of land for them to settle on and to, to enjoy, which again, Michael, to your point, it's their time in the sun. I, I love that. Um, uh, you know, the armorer calls Bo-Katan in and she's like, remove your helmet. And Bo-Katan's like, what, are you, what is this, like a test or something? Like, what are you doing exactly? And she's like, remove it. You trust my judgment, remove it. So she takes it off and she's like, you're the only person here that can walk between our sect and the rest of the Mandalorians and you can unify us. And that to me was such a beautiful freaking moment. Um, it was it was gorgeous. It was wonderful. She's walking out there with all of Din Djarin's sect watching her with her helmet off. The She's not getting in trouble. People are like, what are you doing? And even, you know, Paz Vizsla is about to question this, but then kind of stops, looks to Din, Din nods, and everybody gives the sign of approval that it's time to put aside the differences and to actually take Mandalore back, to unite the people and mm. take Mandalore back. And it's such a, such a wonderful and gorgeous, gorgeous episode. I'm going to pause there and just say, what did you guys think of all of that? I was like really nervous when she told her to take her helmet off because you could sense her nervousness too because she was like but wait I just re-accepted myself back into the way you know and like I've been doing this now for a little bit and like uh, why would you and and I and I still wasn't really sure what the armor was getting at like what the end game of that was but then you know she kind of explained it and so what I took that to mean is that you know if she goes to these other sects or clans or whatever with her helmet off because a lot of them leave their helmet off then then it'll be she'll be a better ambassador because they'll be able to see that she's kind of one of them too so I guess that's what I took it as but yeah at first I was like is she trying to like play Bogotan in some way but I don't yeah. think Amber would do that but I was like I mm, yeah so I was a little nervous but yeah it was cool and it was a very cool scene like you said at the end when she walked through all the Mandalorians like you know it was there was like the, you could feel the tension but then they all accepted it and it was, it was cool i mean it would have been hilarious if the armor was like take off your helmet and then she does and she's like i didn't say simon says get out <laughs> <laughs> gotcha <laughs> that'd be a different type of episode for oh, sure. shitty. total character <laughs> turn like that, that yeah <laughs> I mean, I think we were we were all kind of afraid of that happening, right? Weren't we all like holding our breath a little? Yeah, no, <laughs> just yeah, a little. Exactly. Honestly, I, I would be honest because, but that, at the same time, that's not how the character's been written, at least. So yes. it's right. Like, so I, 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 I wouldn't have, expect that from her. To I have trust issues. 
I've trust issues with it. With, no, I'm a cynic too. I'm very cynical and pessimistic. Like I'm always like judging. Like, can I trust you? Can I not? Yeah. Especially, you know, when you can't even read the person's face. It's like I can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to read. I can't read you people with your mask on. So, no, I know. Yeah. I know. That's the thing. Like it's just you're just relying on their voice, and it's and it's a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes because we're not always used to, we're not all used to that all the time you know like and so yeah trying to figure out what someone's intentions are with their with the mask on it's yeah it's interesting yeah. I, have you guys heard about all of the shipping going on with the uh, bow and the armorer based on that scene yes um, I, would, no, I haven't I, but you know i'm all for it You'd, why not do it because fans are gonna ship like everything so take so, off your helmet <laughs> oh my gosh so, Funny course, story, at Paley Fest, right, they played this episode. I was kind of disappointed because I thought they were going to play the sixth episode. But I'm glad at the end of the day because they played a good episode. Um, but anyways, um, the, the fifth episode, after they played it, the crowd, of course, at Paley Fest, they're all fans. They're all hardcore. They're cheering at everything. Zeb, uh, the, the drop, um, Paz Vizsla. But uh, when the armorer told Bo to take off her helmet, the people behind me were like, no guys. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening right now? So apparently it's a big thing. People really want uh armor bow to to shine, you know. I mean yeah. okay. oh, <laughs> Bomer. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh man. Yeah. Um, why not? Emily Swallow's great, you know. I mean, Katie Sackoff's great, you know, they're they they I mean, a hot couple. The, I guess the only people against it are the ones who are shipping Bo and Din. Um, to be honest, I either like Din armor just on herself as, you know, her own Bo boss. I'm for it all. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they don't even have to be relationship things. Just like, yeah. you know, casual. We we're talking about casual Mando sex. I don't understand how, <laughs> but like every single conversation we have ends up going into uh, Mando sex. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I think it's uh, me. Oh. It's me. I'm. Yeah. Oh, Taco Gakuto is saying um, fans are already shipping Grogu and Lizzo, which to which I have to say, ew, he's like her like nephew babysitting son. Like, well, no. although, are we sure that's no. not the way that they're shipping it? He's like, yeah, it's obviously like he's like, yeah, her baby, like her little, yeah. I mean, but, I know he's fifty, but right. Grizzo is yeah, kind of a cute. That's name. like the dog years, right? Human is. <laughs> Every, every I mean, dog it's, here is it's better seven. than Lizgu. Lizgu would not sound good as a. No, no that doesn't that work sounds, as well. Yeah, no. that doesn't sound as appealing at all. <laughs> I just, no. I love how much he loved Lizzo, though. That was cute. <laughs> I, I had problems with that. I, I, I mean, I suppose we'll get into it, and and yeah. we're pretty much almost. Oh there, yeah, we're but, not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before we do, does anyone have any last minute thoughts about uh, episode five? Because that well, built me up so much. Last reveal at the end, right? Oh yeah, we didn't get to that. I'm sorry. Thank you so much, Julie. This is because yeah. uh, that's what I was wanting to talk about because yes. that was the part where I was like, Ooh. "Thank you, thank you, thank you." Yes, I I almost forgot the episode didn't end with Bo going off to to find other Mandalorians. It ended with a reveal that Moff Gideon, as expected by Carson Teva, um, did not make it to a cell he was you know his transport ship was destroyed and you know yeah not open he everybody was dead except for him he's not he's not anywhere there and there are traces of beskar everywhere yeah hmm? yeah so i was like what 
So that, I mean, that is implying that one of the tribes or sects or clans, whatever we're calling them, groups of Mandos, um, maybe helped with that. And I'm just like, no. I I think it's very possible, especially if if you've Mm -hmm. seen some of the cartoon shows. And Mike and Alicia, you guys kind of get this, right? Like there there was kind of a civil war amongst the Mandalorian. Well, there's always a civil war amongst the Mandalorian. But as far as yeah, as far as we've seen, um, even under Satine's leadership and then eventually going into Maul's leadership, um, you know, there were divides, right? And I'm mm. wondering what you guys when you guys saw this, when you guys saw that the best scar um, you know, was evidence that the Mandalorians broke out Moff Gideon what was going through your heads as people who have seen it and you know Julia as well for someone who hasn't you know but yeah I it was it planted yes I was thinking it was planted I was wondering if it was planted yeah Ooh, I didn't even think about if it was planted Mm -hmm. because I was that was my first theory too but yeah because I was thinking Bo lost her you know her sect her her tribe of Mandalorians and you know they're going off um and they they need money right they need to get their way so I thought that you know Moff Gideon hired them at first but we'll see yeah my my brain was trying to come up with like any other way that it could be because it just like in some ways it makes sense in some ways it doesn't make sense like the ways it doesn't make sense is just like I don't think that they necessarily want to wrap themselves up in an imperial like business like that but at the same time there were some that were very like like disheartened and disenfranchised I guess after the civil wars and after like you know so there there are like what they make it sound like is that since you know I haven't watched rebels or clone wars or whatever so this is just going off of my own knowledge um but what it made it sound like was that there are some clans that might be very, very far strayed from the way and like maybe they could have done it. But yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of thought about it could be planted too. I don't know. I had a lot of different thoughts going through my head. Of course. Um, Alicia, what about you? Any any other thoughts? Um, I mean, as far as this, um, I mean, were you the one who put forward the theory about that it could be something to do with Thrawn? I thought it was Thrawn. That was yeah. my theory. Yeah. Yeah. My my theory is because look, Thrawn, in my opinion, is a master tactician. If mm. Thrawn wants to frame people, if Thrawn wants to do something like that, he can. He's smart enough to do that. He's he's a genius guy. And for him to for us to have Moff Gideon be the main villain of the Mandalorian sort of makes sense, but it also makes sense that he could potentially have, you know, uh, a grand admiral above him you know, that needs him. And it would make sense for Moff Gideon to report into a bigger bad like Thrawn, and it would connect the Ahsoka series with the Mando series, ultimately, from a storyline mm. perspective. Mm. Um, so to me, I thought, what if Thrawn was the one that broke out Moff Gideon, because he needs Moff Gideon, and then planted somewhere, somehow, Mandalorian, Beskar, Beskar you know, to to set them up, you know? Um, that was just a theory. Yeah. But, I mean, that's someone who would have that level of attention to detail. He's very meticulous like that. Exactly. And he, he's smart enough to do it. And he is the heir to the emperor, mm-hmm. you know, so. 
But um, the other theory is that if it is truly a Mandalorian that that broke him out, somebody similar to I know he's no longer alive, but like Gar Saxon was someone who was very, uh, you know, loyal to Darth Maul, you know, and at, in that civil war between people who are loyal to Satine and Bo-Katan and then people who are loyal to Maul, you know, somebody who wanted to revert back to the ways of how Maul had things might, you know do something like that. I might break out Moff Gideon, but Moff Gideon and Maul, the Empire and Maul didn't really see eye to eye or anything like that. So I don't know. I feel like Thrawn is is potentially that's my theory. But yeah. Uh can I bring up one thing uh from the bow back to the bow scene where Please. she's taking off. Uh, yeah, did yeah. you guys did you guys notice the look that they cut to when they told when the armor told the group that uh Bo was can walk both ways did they you notice they cut to Grogu and he gave a look at that so uh, I'm wondering if they're setting up you know Grogu to be that middle path not Jedi not Mandalorian mm. Uh, mm. I love that idea I didn't catch that actually um but it makes sense and I would be open to it you know I I would love the idea that there is a path between the Jedi and the Mandalorians you know um ever going back even to Tarvisla right but um but yeah, no, I, I I didn't catch that. That's a great catch, you know? Yeah. Mm. Thoughts on that? Anyone else? I would want to say that there's no wasted shots. So to Alicia's point, they had to have put that shot there for some for purpose. Some, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did catch it. Um, I caught his little look, Grogu's little look, but like I didn't. I didn't really have any thoughts as to what it meant. So that's a very good um, observation, like... I was like, hmm, why is he looking like that? You know, but yeah. It's it's really got me thinking about theories now. I'm kind of like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great catch. All right. Um, did anyone have anything else that they wanted to say about episode five? Okay. Episode five really hyped me up, guys. I was I was so really looking forward to, you know, seeing. Bo-Katan just go out there and recruit her old clans back and everything. And we get that in episode six. Uh, <laughs> but, and I'm saying it like that because we get that and that part I like, but we have to wade through this whole like robot droid thing that I'm like, why <laughs> is this here? Live uh, action Clone Wars. <laughs> it's a hard boiled like <laughs> cry mystery sort of. <laughs> It's law and order, episode. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually liked it. I mean, I, I liked it too. Actually, yeah. I, I enjoyed. It. I know not everybody liked the episode, but I had fun. It was entertaining for me. It was one of those episodes, like I was saying, it's like it was a side quest episode. You know, it was like a just like kind of you know, it was just fun to to watch for me. So that's fair. That's fair. yeah. I'm I'm glad that um everyone here liked it except for me. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, yeah, overall there, thoughts. I mean, there's a fair amount of people that have said they did not like it, but, you know. I, I, I definitely I, had issues with it myself. Like, okay, one of the silly issues, forgive me for saying this, but Grogu's hanging out with Lizzo the whole time, right? We got Grizzo going on and everything like that. What the hell happened to wherever he goes, I go, you know? like Or wherever I go, he goes, you know? Like, why... I mean, he just met these people. He just met Bowser and Gro and, and Lizzo. You know, he doesn't know if they're loyal to the freaking, you know, Moff Gideon or anything like that. I mean, like, what what if they I wanted to kill Grogu? Yeah, one of them was an Imperial. 
I, I, well, I think... here's my thoughts on that. So I think that he's being like the dad that needs to like trust his kid. And like, he, I think he trusts Grogu's judgment. Yeah, and okay. like Grogu clearly like trusted her like immediately and like he was like okay I guess if Grogu trusts her like I could trust her too because Grogu if you'll recall has been a pretty good sense for danger and for you know stuff happening like I think throughout this whole series like he's had like almost like a sixth sense about certain things so like I feel like he's gotten to a point where he's like kind of trying to be that you know, yeah, like the dad who needs to like let his kid go a little bit, you know, and I, that's that's how I took it. Like, I think he just saw how how trustful he was of her right away because Grogu is not like that with everybody. Like Grogu that's is true. very true. much not jumping into the arms of every random stranger that he sees. So yeah. like the fact that he's he just was, a like, Lizzo fan. Kid, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe he's just a Lizzo fan. Just a Lizzo. <laughs> he I mean, he like, likes flute I would, music. I would stand that. I would yeah. stand it. I mean, come on, it's Lizzo. <laughs> but re- remember him force choking Cara Dune, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny in retrospect, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, uh, sorry, Julie. I kind of cut you off there. Oh no, I was I was pretty much finished. You know, I was. But yeah, that's that was my take on that. Is that like. He, he just saw how much he immediately trusted. He was like, okay, I need to just trust my kid here. Like, you know, so. And he knows that he can defend himself. Right. That's, that too. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Um, you guys have turned Mike around on this one. And Mike is speaking in the third oh. person because you <laughs> ball redeemed third person. So oh, uh, forgive oh. Mike for segueing that way. But. Mike actually thinks that you guys had a really had really good comments and really good arguments about that. In fact, I think they definitely countered my problems with that and kind of convinced me um, that it, it sorry kind of convinced Mike that uh, it actually it works really well. It, good good calls, good calls. Yeah, um, Mike would like to know what everyone else thought of the episode. Um, you know, and and just you know this this beginning you know with the side the side quest episode and and just the idea of the law and orderness of it and more thoughts sorry go ahead <laughs> um and, i i want to live on what is it pleasure 15 yeah. i mean it's, 15, it's literally yes, called 15. it's literally called pleasure so no surprise there but sign me up <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, mike would like to know what everyone thought oh yeah sorry. The cameos um you know uh jack black and lizzo did they fit the roles for you guys? Did it distract you, any of you guys? Um, Mike thought it was distracting, but Mike would like to know what <laughs> everyone else thinks. Uh-huh. I hate third person. Mike hates third person. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Julie Michael really thought... enjoyed the cameos. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say Michael really enjoyed the cameos, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, he thought Jack Black was very funny and he fit in the role really well and they've really embraced his kind of personality of being, you know, boisterous and kind of funny and tongue in cheek. And the same with uh, Lizzo, who's very, you know, this kind of bright, like ball of joy, I guess. So it, it's very, it was very kind of, it was a lot of fun to see them leaning into their personalities and yeah. Yeah. I would, Julie would agree with that. Um, Julie really enjoyed all of the cameos. I mean, those are all, these are all actors that I love. I mean, I've never actually seen Lizzo act. I know some people had thoughts about her acting, but 
I personally think that Lizzo, or Julie personally thinks that Lizzo had like didn't need to do anything other than show up and be Lizzo because they <laughs> literally wrote that role for her. That is Julie's personal opinion on that. And like, it was just super fun and super her personality. And like, it it was, it, it was, every, it was what it needed to be. It was exactly mm-hmm. what it needed to be. And I liked her chemistry with Jack Black. I thought that was fun. I like, there are a couple who like, I never, or Julie would never have thought to pair it together, but like, it, I think it worked. Julie thinks it worked. Oh my gosh, the third person. Okay. <laughs> Julie thinks it really worked. So um, yeah. And, Christopher Lloyd oh my gosh I mean like who doesn't love him so um and and to the note of like what we were saying earlier like uh you know I, I think you need like a couple of just like fun episodes like you know a little bit of nonsense throw there a little bit of a theme you were talking about the law and order theme like I think every good show that has more than a few seasons like at some point you kind of throw in some of these like themed episodes like for instance Supernatural had like a CSI themed episode so I was just thinking along the lines of that Julie was thinking along the lines of that <laughs> yeah 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 I know it's so hard Alicia. Uh, Alicia Alicia uh, agrees and Alicia thinks that um you know it was cam- well, I thought first Alicia thought first of all that the Christopher Lloyd cameo was uh, blended pretty seamlessly uh the Lizzo and Jack Black cameo- cameos were a bit campy but that's kind of a lot of the best Star Wars is high camp so I Alicia loved that and um Alicia also thinks that a lot of people call this uh, a filler episode or side quest, but there were a lot of callbacks too. And, mm-hmm. you know, and also setting up how Din and Bo work together, how their skills complement each other. And we have uh, mm-hmm. uh, Otaku Kakuto, he again um, mentioned Din's distrust of battle droids was a great callback, which is, yeah, we see him kind of processing like this mm-hmm. trauma that he still has there where he only trusts like two droids basically. And, um, uh, yeah, and he did the whole like Boston dynamic kicking thing. You know that was fun. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, Mike agrees. But Mike also wants to pose the question: Did it need to be Jack Black or Lizzo? Could it have been random actors that weren't Jack Black or Lizzo to play this role? I would roles. counter. I would counter with: Did it not need to be Jack Black and Lizzo? Why not? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Are we still are we still third person? I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, Mike doesn't know. Um (laughs) producer Stephanie will tell Mike if if it's clear. Uh, Yeah, I think that being said, but all right. Since there's no notification, Mike thinks it's probably still third person time. Uh, okay. Mike would like Julie to go ahead. (laughs) Julie agrees with Alicia because yeah, why why not? Like, why not? Here's the thing, like it could have Okay, we're clear. Been, oh, we're clear. Okay. Wait, oh, we're good now? We're good now. Yeah, go. Okay, I'll oh, think that. Okay. Um, here's the thing. I don't think it necessarily could have been anybody. I there's definitely other actors I could have seen in those roles, but I like to see what those two bring to the role. Like, why <laughs> not? Like that's actually really fun. So like like I said, I don't think it could have been anybody, maybe a few other people, but like, no, like I wanna see those two in the Star Wars universe. That's just fun. 
I wouldn't mind seeing them in the Star Wars universe, but but some of the best cameos I think Star Wars had were the ones that were very unassuming, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. John Leguizamo, his character in the second, the first episode of the second season, you didn't mm-hmm. know it was John Leguizamo, and he was covered in this makeup because he's part of this world, and I kind of love that. Simon Pegg in The Force Awakens, you couldn't tell it was Simon Pegg at all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like when it's a recognizable face outside of the character... And and in this case, you know, it is a char- uh, an actor that's hired explicitly to play this character, but it's hard because I think our biases of who Jack Black and Lizzo are kind of my biases. I shouldn't say our my biases, unfortunately, um, kind of tainted this perception of these characters. <laughs> I didn't see these characters. I saw Jack Black and Lizzo, mm. and that's why I was kind oh. of that's why I was kind of distracted by it. Um, I, I thought Christopher Lloyd blended seamlessly. He was, it was, it was a perfect, it was a good role for him. Mm-hmm. I just wish they did more with his character. Cause yeah, just, yeah. I did all this stuff. Okay. Bye. And then like leaves. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a little was weird too. His exit was sort of like anticlimactic. Yeah. Were like, was like, okay, he's I, just gonna, he's just gonna go on this like okay he was like dooku was my boyfriend and you guys screwed him over so i'm gonna screw all you over and then i would have been like okay that's awesome that worked did you notice did you notice he almost name checked anakin when he right before and i think that's what triggered (laughs) i think that's what triggered Bo to like zap him you know he was because he was like dooku was cut short by the was it jedi and then you know he's about to say anakin yeah and then Bo was like no don't talk about him like that. <laughs> we don't talk about Anakin. Yeah, we don't we talk about talk Anakin. About, no, 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 no. Right. No. <laughs> um, I I really hope Christopher Lloyd comes back though. He's such an underrated and good actor, and he oh, fits perfectly agreed. in Star Wars. Yeah, and and I just feel like we haven't seen him in much for a while, and like it's just so fun to see him in this universe, and like you know, yeah, he's a great actor, and I agree. I mean, for as much as I complain about this episode, I will have to give Mandalorian credit for this. If you if you think that something's pointless, there's usually a point to it later on. Yeah. And you just have to let it play out. So I'm kind of like I'm I'm being very hypocritical here. I'm being very Jedi here um, and saying that, like, hey, you know, I'm complaining about people who are complaining that it's not moving you know quick enough and there's no point to a lot of this stuff but then the point ends up coming over and i'm kind of like wait guys you you gotta wait for that point i'm the one that's here going like what was the point of that um so i i do apologize for my jedi-ness um <laughs> yeah i compare it to like the the breakout uh episode on that on that prison um in yeah, early right. season one was that it the mix of... mayfield episode or yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay that's what it kind of felt like outside of the main story but still had some sort of purpose that will lead on mm. to something eventually but yeah yeah mm-hmm. i i liked it just as much as this episode in, in, that, in terms of the filler that's very true yeah. like the second time we see migs mayfield it's such a powerful episode actually and I, and we couldn't have that impact if we didn't have that first episode you know mm. yeah. the, the prison breakout episode but yeah um any other general thoughts on on six? Oh wait Sorry, I guess um, we kind of breezed through the robot plot. Was there anything about the robot plot that you guys wanted to highlight before I move on to what I consider to be the meat of the episode, the last third? But yeah. 
Um, just just the way that like the whole you know it was like a, a side quest as as you yeah. say, but it it had a purpose though, a story purpose. In that we see, for instance, when we're dealing with the royalty, you know, uh, Bo is very natural in that setting, you know, but. Then when we go down to talk to the Ugnots, uh, Bo just is like tripping over her own tongue, sticking her foot in her mouth. And then Din's the one who stepped yeah. forward. And he's like, yeah. you know, I have spoken. I know how these people talk and how to deal with them. And it just shows like um, maybe it's not one or the other who needs to be the leader, but maybe like the three of them together need to be writing the Mythosaur at the Ooh. end of this. Yeah. I love that. That'd be like, awesome. Bo the Bo the armorer and Din like in a three way kind of situation. Well, I, I was thinking I was thinking Grogu, but yeah, I'm all for the polyamorous. Menage a trois. Bo's like Bo Kintan can do whatever Menage she wants. Helmet. She walks yeah. in both worlds. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was definitely bi coded. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> bi coded. <laughs> Sorry, could resist. Um, but but yeah. yeah, I, I like the the whole good cop, bad cop. I know this. I know these streets. I know how to talk to these people. So it was all yeah. Fun. And when it was a nice little throwback to Queel too, you know, like because I think we all loved Queel as a character, and it was just like we haven't seen his race, the Ugnats, since then. I don't think, and so the, the Mister like Smee all... guy from um the pirate episode was an Ugnat, uh, but that was oh, it. He was okay. a, he's a bad yeah, Ugnat. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that, but that makes that sense. Was a tall um, Ugnat. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it, but yeah, he was actually. Um, <laughs> that but, you mentioned it, but just the just the whole like I have spoken things. I think I we all really enjoyed that episode from back in the day. So it was like, oh yeah, I remember that. You know, it was kind of a fun little throw to. Like how he, why he knew the Ugnats, yeah. like their way of Wheel. life and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We missed that guy. Mm. Yeah. Nick Nolte was so great. You know, he was a good character. <laughs> Before I segue into the last third of the episode, which in my opinion is is really, really crucially important. I'm very glad that they, they did that. Um, a couple of notes from our neglected chat. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like I've been <laughs> neglecting you this entire show. Um, Andy, I think you said, you know, um, the concept of droids being self-aware humans are inherently are being self-aware that humans are inherently flawed, but they love to be of service to their creators and their worth. That's true. Um, Christopher Lloyd was also excellent in Nobody. That's true as well. Um, and they kept him around. He has intrinsic knowledge of using battle droids. Who knows if they would be of use again for nobler purposes. I think you're talking about um, Christopher Lloyd's character and agreed. Uh, Mike is fixated on throuples. Agreed. Um, <laughs> and then um, I think you also, way back when we were talking about Bo and, um, you know, Grogu, um, Alicia's point about them walking in both worlds. I think you mentioned you thought Luke would be more open-minded about his Jedi approach to the Jedi Order, or his approach to the Jedi Order and hopefully Ray learns from his mistakes and embraces not blindly accepting one path. Um, considering that Ray probably knows less about the Jedi ways than Luke did when Luke got into it, I think it's very open for her to, to buck tradition and to actually do things in a that's way that's a lot more open. Um, so I think that's very possible too. But um, yes, uh, thank you for your great thoughts, guys. Um, all right. Anything else to add before we segue into the last half of that episode? No. Okay. Let's talk about the last half of that episode. <laughs> One, Axe Wove, 
who we see at the very beginning breaking up Romeo and Juliet, which is hilarious. Um, but uh, also, um, you know, he is broken from the way with Casca Greaves and the rest of their Mandalorian tribe um, from from Bo and everything. And of course, they don't, you know, Bo challenges him for the leadership uh, of this sect of, well, this, I guess, group of Mandalorians. I'm just going to call them a group. Um, and she, she whoops his ass. Come on. It's both. Yeah, like, can we just talk about just for a second how much Let's of a badass it. Bo-Katan is? I'm yes. just like... Yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. God. Without like, the Darksaber, too. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. The Darksaber. And of the people there, she's the only one really qualified to wield it, like in terms of be- knowing how to wield that thing. You know, mm-hmm. Din doesn't even know how to wield it, you know? And no. it's 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 great that... And I know a lot of people took issue with it. I didn't. But when Din says she she, you know... I, I got this light the, this dark saber in combat, but then she beat my my captor, the guy that took it from me. So technically, she gets it. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's a bullshit technicality." I was like, "No, it makes sense. There's a whole reason." Yeah. You know what what she did was a life debt. You know, uh, yeah. Din was indebted to her. You know, it was it's a life debt from Din. So the least that he could do is give her this lights this dark saber that means nothing to him so i'm kind of glad that they did that and they resolved yeah. it that way what did you guys think though i mean did you guys have issues with this no i mean i think that um well first of all you, i there were people who predicted that in advance that that was going to happen but kind of as a joke so it was fun to see it play out uh, actually that way but also if you look at like the way the vizlas were passing on the dark saber before maul took it um you know we don't know too much about it, but they're passing it from like, you know, parent to child for m- many, many years. You have to wonder that was probably all ceremonial, like probably a staged battle or something yeah. uh, just to. So it, it's as much BS the way that they were doing it as, you know, this at least uh, this was a real fight and Bo won it. Um, but you do notice that, you know, the uh, this night owl group, they still look skeptical. Yes. They they do. And it's because and and you know, it's because you do see Bo teaming up with someone that they thought was nuts, you know, that they thought was a zealot, right? And right. it's sort of like, hey, you know, is she, has she become a zealot? Like, we don't believe in any of this hardcore stuff, which is weird because these are the, the night owls are really kind of children of the watch, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, it's um it, it's definitely a, a little bit of mistrust. You know, but I think that that's the challenge that Bo has to to really um, conquer, you know, um, is is getting these people to trust her. How is that going to happen? It's going to be an uphill battle. Not everyone's going to like that. But, you know, um, but yeah, Mike, what about you? Did you have any thoughts on on how this all played out? No, I, I actually, you know, I, I prefer it this way, because if. I, I here's what I think. If it happened any other way, it probably wouldn't would live up to our expectations, I guess, mm-hmm. because you know, they have to fight it out, really. They're gonna that that kind of defeats the purpose of the dynamics that they're they've been creating or working so hard to create, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of have to fight it out. So I think it was great that they kind of referenced back into the earlier episodes of, you know, oh, that creature defeated me and then he she defeated the creature, so that's why she gets to keep it so it, it made sense to me um but overall i think like you guys were saying the night owls uh can't 
can be trusted so of sorts that's why that's why i thought um when i saw the best car armor in episode five they were talking right. about um it's like oh they probably planted it there they were hired by moff gideon and such and such so and since moff gideon probably has a some sort of resentment that's like okay you know put best car armor in there make make it look like he did it or his um his faction or sect did it so yeah mm. i mean how cool. I really... oh so go ahead Please. I was to say, how cool was it that she defended uh, Din? You know, I think it's it, this shows why it's good that she took off the helmet because they wouldn't have trusted her otherwise. But then, yeah. you know, the way she mm -hmm. sticks up for Din was really satisfying for me. And that's really what the armorer wanted to make sure of, right? Like that she could take off her helmet to blend in with the rest of the the Mandalorians that don't walk away. You know, um, so that was very smart and strategic on on the armorer's part. Um, I'm I'm really glad that she did that. But agreed on both that uh, on both accounts. Um, Julie, what about you? Anything to add? Um. Uh. Well, just what you were saying about the helmet thing. Yeah. It. 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 In this episode, it became much clearer, like what that purpose was, why she needed to take it off. So yeah, that was cool. Um. As far as like the way she got the dark saber, like yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that was awesome. Like I thought it was really clever on behalf of, um, Din's like um his logic as well because he like he, i knew he was gonna give it to her like he was gonna find some way but he wanted her to get it honorably so this was his way of doing that without having to combat her because like do we really want to see them fight each other like no yeah. because yeah. supposedly the rules say that somebody has to die and nobody wants either of them to die at this point so like but also like but also like even if like but then if one of them didn't die then it's also questionable like if somebody wanted and someone didn't die then that's like a weird plot as well so like i think this was the best outcome that we could have hoped for with that honestly and also i was just gonna make a point about like here's what i say like like rules right the general like belief about rules in a society and a religion and a group whatever is that like all a rule needs is for somebody to say it and then somebody to agree with it and then and then that becomes a rule so you know Din said what he said and acts agreed with it and done you know that's to me that's that's all it takes like for a rule to become a rule so um yeah i i liked it so i, I think great. like i said i think i don't think it could have come out better <laughs> no. great points all around yeah Go yeah ahead. oh yeah i honestly um for, for me as well i agree with all of you guys um and and First off, I'm going to say this very much so, very truthfully and honestly on this podcast in front of all of our listeners. Uh, I'm a stubborn bastard. It's very hard for people to sway my opinion on things. And I actually really disliked the episode when I first started watching this. But after talking to you guys for the past <laughs> couple of minutes, you guys are actually swaying me around on this episode. Yay! I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You guys are actually swaying me around. And that's not an easy thing to do because I'm such a stubborn bastard. But um, yeah, that being said, um, no, you guys brought up some amazing points. Even the law and order stuff, which I found pointless. You're right. It's it's actually very fun. It's very interesting. It's, you know, calling back to a lot of the distrust stuff. Um, I, I really had no problems with the way that the episode ended. To me, that was the progression, right? That's the story progression that we were looking for. They gave it to us and they gave it to us in a way that I respect. I think, Michael, one of the things that and that you and Julie both actually touched on um, that I liked was, you know, it would have been so unsatisfying if Bo-Katan was like, then I challenge you, and then turned around and was like, Din Djarin to combat. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, 
Yeah. It would have been so dissatisfying because would have been backtracking. Yeah, yeah. It, it just completely cancels out everything that we've seen this season. Exactly. So the the way that they handled it was literally the best outcome of all of this, as as even as you said, Julie. And um, I'm I'm very much glad that it's funny because at Paley Fest there was somebody that I was in line with when we were paying for like parking, and he was he was complaining about the writing this season. You know, one of those guys. And he was like, they didn't even resolve things about the Darksaber. Well, sir, if you are watching this podcast <laughs> now, wait for it. They did. Wait for it. They did. Your, your they did answers, now. your questions have been answered. So there what? you go. That's, I will that's... say one thing about this episode that I wish they did. Since Please. we're talking about Law and Order, I wish they really leaned into the Law and Order thing and had those, you know, those sound cues. <laughs> somebody Don't shoots their helmet and it goes clunk clunk. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so, so funny. So like they have the timestamps and everything. Like we're here, we're going here. And they needed that. Bryce Dallas Howard should have leaned into more into that. So yeah, missed opportunity there. Missed opportunity. Come on, John Favreau. <laughs> yeah. In the New Republic, people are represented. Yeah. Two see, they could have. They could have done those intros too. Right. Yeah. Next next season. Next season. Next season yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, they're gonna again, watch our show and see that idea, and they're gonna be like. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> should lean it. Have a John Williams esque with the with the large. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! I I know that we are pretty much out of time. We've gone over a little bit, and I know that it's super late there, Alicia. So we definitely want to make sure that you get to bed too. Um, before we do, there's a couple of people that I do want to address on the chat because again, I've been super neglectful um, in in representing them. Uh, Cue ball. Uh, you had a poll earlier that none of us were able to answer, and I uh, apologize for that. It was about whether or not we would align with the light side or the dark side of the Force if we were a Force-sensitive Jedi. And I would say the gray side. I would honestly, I don't like the light side. I think it's very hypocritical, self-righteous when you look at the Jedi Council and how they ejected Ahsoka, for example. Uh, all of these, this arrogance that they were so arrogant that they couldn't even see the wolf in sheep's clothing in front of them for decades uh, in Palpatine. Um, mm -hmm. That's 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 kind of the negativity of the light side. And then, of course, the dark side is just back crap crazy. Um, but um, yeah, so I'd go gray um, just to answer your question. Uh, anyone else want to chime in on on that? Yeah, seconded. My, my two favorite characters are Ventress and Ahsoka. And these are characters who started on opposite sides, but both left you know those uh, you, those dogmas and said no I'm gonna find my own path yeah I think well if if I could only choose light or dark I would choose light because I'm just that's my personality but if I could choose gray that would be the option for sure because yeah, yeah I've never subscribed to people who are like like you said overzealous and stuff so yeah yeah seeing seeing like how all not all religions, but like the religions that play out in in um, Star Wars, I I would rather walk the gray. But um, if I were to pick one or the other, um, which one just offers the better health care? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> it looks like Empire <laughs> offers the better health care. That's how they get Did you see Palpatine's face? He's like. He is healthcare, and his face is still messed up. So um, yeah, so I, I, who, I mean, you get cloned too. So at least you can continuously living on and such. But yeah, whoever bought, offers a better healthcare, I'll go for that anytime. 
Uh, Jedi do heal, win. right? Like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Alicia. I said bureaucracy for the win. Yeah. Bureaucracy for yeah, the win. So. Je Jedi do heal, right? That's one of their powers. Ray healed people. Yeah, yeah. Healed people. Maybe that's I the mean, better healthcare. It's rare, right? Yeah, it's rare, but as long I I can't see a Sith person, you know, healing anyone. You know, I mean, that's like, but that's but but that is what they promise you to get you. I mean, look at Anakin. Yeah, see, it's true. That's, that's true. <laughs> so that's shittier healthcare then. You know, <laughs> it's lies. I'll be the one to change the rules. <laughs> There's only cookies. Yeah. No biscuits, there's hey, cookies. <laughs> no, it's travel biscuits. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. The, the yellow ones. Yellow the travel yellow biscuits. Yellow <laughs> oh man, guys, this was fun. I wish we could do this more, uh, longer, a lot longer as well. But um, alas, all good things must come to an end. I know that we're going to be in for a firecracker of a recap uh, mm. next week for mm. sure. Um, but uh, before we all go, before we all part ways. Uh, I want to just ask if everyone could just um, tell everyone where to find you. Alicia, I'll start with you. Where can everyone find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. And my tag is at Alicia CB. So it's E-L-Y-S-I-A-C-B. And that's, awesome. yeah, that's the best. That's the best place to keep up with what I'm doing and see all of my geek takes. Awesome. <laughs> and those are damn good geek takes, people. You got to follow Thank her. You. She's <laughs> If, if you need your fix of really good recaps at the end of the episode, if you follow all these guys, you're going to get some really great analysis immediately and you won't have to wait for Friday. But if you do want to wait for Friday, it's more entertaining because we talk about throuples a lot. Um, Michael, <laughs> um, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, I am Michael J. Lee. Am I pointing the right way? Yes, I am. <laughs> so I am Michael J. Lee. Uh, that's all socials, Insta, Twitter, uh what was that? What else? Uh, TikTok. I don't do TikTok as much as I like to, but you can find all my writing on uh, That's It LA, We Live Entertainment, and The Nerds of Color. Excellent. Awesome. And last but not least, Julie, where can everyone find you? Uh, yeah, so my two primary socials are going to be Instagram at jraylin and then TikTok at jraylady where I post some fun Star Wars content occasionally. <laughs> it's it is fun it's it's awesome again like i said really good analysis but yeah yeah and as always i've been the annoying voice of mike manalo um <laughs> this entire you know uh you could find me at tidyboy182 on twitter and instagram if you want more of that annoying voice uh or better yet you can see my writing as well on the same uh sites of mike um nerdsofcolor.org uh whattowatch.com and uh that's at la as well um but yeah, that being said, you guys, thank you for joining us. We, the best part of our weeks is getting to entertain you and talk about Mando with you guys. And uh, thank you so much for this. And uh, for our panelists, thank you guys so much. Hopefully we get to do this again very, very soon. Um, that yeah. being said, thank you guys so much. Have a great thank one. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye, everybody.